to down to down to. Yeah, missed and peeved. Missed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be missed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real word. It's a real word. It's a real word. I don't use it, but it's Not in your vocabulary? Down to down. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We are part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featured on Dash Radio, 5 o'clock Central Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. With me today, my very good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Good morning, good friend. Oh, good morning. Uh, so today's the last day of the regular season. The Thunder, play, the Thunder play the Memphis Grizzlies tonight, and the Grizzlies are missing like all their players. It's basically just Marshawn Brooks playing the Thunder one-on-one tonight. It's going to be a, a beautiful thing. Uh, the Thunder, really, the, the Thunder better win tonight. Like if the Thunder lose this game, first of all, they may end up eighth if they lose. And I don't even, I don't even want to talk about the possibility because I think the possibility is pretty low. Um, but it would be kind of the exclamation point on the season for this particular team to lose to Memphis with Marcus all out and obviously no Mike Conley and all their good players aren't playing. And so it would just be quite the exclamation point. We also have to assume they're going to beat the Grizzlies because it makes it a lot easier to project where they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think you just, you just have to assume like they, what are the, what does Memphis get out of winning this game? Nothing. Hey, whatever happened to Tyreek Evans? Cause I was looking at the Grizzlies injury report. They don't even mention him anymore. He's tending to a personal matter. He's just gone. Yeah, I guess. Good thing they didn't trade him because (laughs) I don't know. Why didn't they trade him? That's so stupid. Okay. So here's their injury report. Mike Conley is out. Achilles. Tyreek Evans out. Personal reasons. Marcus all out for rest. Jermichael Green out uh, with a knee injury. Andrew Harrison out with a wrist injury. Jarrell Martin out with an ankle injury. Chandler Parsons out with a knee injury. And Wayne Selden out with a knee injury. So, that's seven players that will be missing tonight for the <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies. They'll have Deontay Davis, Ben McLemore, Mario Chalmers, Dylan Brooks, Ivan Rabb, Kobe Simmons, a guy named Mike Henry, a guy named Amari Johnson, and Marshawn Brooks. This is very exciting. This is, this is a, a great night of who he play for. You know what's terrifying? Thinking about how important that Houston game was in retrospect. Oh, my goodness. It would, I mean. Because at the time, I was like, ah, if they lose, you know, big deal. Like, it's Houston. You know, who cares? But, man, if they lost that game and this this was, like, really a do-or-die game. Yeah. I would be miserable right now. It would, yeah. And you're like, well, we could still end up. I mean, they could have ended up playing the Rockets had they lost. Right in the first round. Like, yeah, I don't think, I, I think at the time we were just like, they just need to get in. They just need to get in. Um, but you don't want to get in and play the Rockets. I mean, that would be, that would be terrible. Uh, even though Mbamute is out 
And we'll, I mean, everyone's just projecting at this point, but he could be out for the playoffs. And that's a, that's a big deal for that team. He's kind of their Andre Robertson because he, he's probably their best perimeter defender and can defend multiple positions and has actually been hitting threes this season. And he's been actually doing that for a few years. He's incredibly important to what they do. And so him being gone is a big deal. Yeah, he's definitely one of those guys who lets them hit their ceiling. Um, he, yeah. he was out for a while, I feel like around December. And they were still really good. But when he came back and when Chris Paul came back, I mean, they've just been unstoppable since. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, so the the scenario tonight is OKC wins. And then if Portland beats Utah, then the Thunder get the four seed and Utah gets the five seed. So Thunder have home court advantage, but they'll have to play Houston in the second round. If the Thunder win and Utah wins, Utah is the third seed. The Thunder end up being the sixth seed. And the Thunder are the three six. They don't get home court advantage, but they'll play Golden State in the second round. What would you prefer to happen? Um, what do I prefer to happen? I almost want this team to be the underdog. <laughs> like I almost want them to start on the road. Because yeah. I, I'm so scared of a, uh, a like a game one home matchup. Because um, if they lose in Utah the first game, I'm not going to really be that worried. Whereas if they lost at home to Utah, then I'd be freaking out right off yeah. the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but looking at these playoff scenarios, I'm almost thinking about who do I want to play Golden State? Who has the best chance to beat Golden State? Because mm-hmm. I really just don't, I don't want Golden State to get the Pelicans. Right. I either want them to get a healthy Timberwolves team or uh, who knows, but maybe a Kawhi Spurs team. Yeah. Which does that exist? Would be the, we question. don't know, but I just want it to still be a possibility. <laughs> I know we're still dreaming here. So if Minnesota, so if Minnesota wins and the Pelicans lose, then Minnesota's <laughs> the seventh seed. And if I'm, I'm just so I, I I'm over this. If this happens, then that happens. If this team jumps that team and whoa, what do we have here? Like I'm tired. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just tired of it. I'm ready. Cause I don't want to, there's podcasts that are just going over this and that's like, there's just like streaming of that for like 10 minutes long. And I'm just like, Oh, this, all this information is so useless after tonight. Um, it's cool that they're doing it, I guess. But, um, just like the stream of it just over and over and over again. It's just like, okay, that's, I, I can't do this. Like, this is not, this is not fun. It's taking the fun out of the NBA, but for Minnesota to play golden state, they would need to win tonight and for the Spurs to win tonight, which sounds like a thing that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you really care if we're home court or not? Um, I, I don't, I, I care. I would have cared more if they were playing Portland just because the Thunder haven't won in Portland in like four years. Yeah. Um, but they've beaten Utah in Utah quite a bit over the past few years. So that doesn't, and I know it's a good home court. They've got a good home court advantage there, but I, I still think, I don't think the Thunder are afraid to go into Utah and you're, and you're right. Like they need to have some sort of something stacked against them. I feel like in order to step up, I really don't want them to be the favorite. (laughs) 
And to be honest, I would rather play this Golden State team in the second round. I don't know if they're playing possum, if they're being coy. I don't know. I don't know why they lost by a hundred million last night to the Utah Jazz, and they played their guys. And you know what? Everybody who makes fun of Russell Westbrook for his stat padding, look at what Clay Thompson did last night. Go look at his shot totals and his minute totals last night. And the only reason he did that is because he wanted to average 20 points per game this season. And you know what? He's not going to get any crap for it today. None. But when Russell inevitably gets 16, 17, 18 rebounds tonight, everyone's going to give him crap about it. But Clay Thompson basically did the same thing last night. But nobody's going to talk about it. Yeah, and what about uh, what about that Andre Ingram guy, you know? <laughs> he goes out there, he puts up 19 points, you know? No one's complaining about that. He's just stat padding, you know? They're just feeding him the ball. There, There's... I don't... I, I love Andre Ingram with all my I heart. Know. <laughs> He's the greatest. I really like how gray his hair is. I know. It's just like the most endearing thing about him. Is that it is. He's, he's going gray. But for real, like NBA players care about their stats. They really do. And that's okay. I just don't know why Russell's the only one that gets crap about it. Like no one, I guarantee you, no one's going to talk about this Clay Thompson stuff. No one cares. So you, you definitely think uh, Russ is getting 16 tonight. There are going to be some incredible <laughs> box outs with Tyrannosaurus Rex arms tonight from the rest of the team. It's going to be incredible. I cannot wait. I'm hoping to go to the game tonight so that I can witness this greatness. And if you have the chance to average a triple double two seasons in a row, never been done in NBA history, maybe never will be done ever again in NBA history. You have to do it. You have to, you have to. And it's also true that with a lot of these records throughout history, there's always some like weird stuff that went on. Like if you go back and read accounts of like Will Chamberlain's hundred point game, mm-hmm. like I have a feeling if we had that on tape, we would think it was like the biggest load of BS. Could you go back and read it? And it just sounds like it was just like a joke. Like the whole game was a joke. Oh, I'm sure it was hilarious. Yeah. Well, and that stuff like that happened with like rebounding battles toward the end of the season. Like Bill Simmons, it's funny. Oh, that- Michael Cage, Michael Cage, right? He uh, he had to he had to get some like ridiculous amount of rebounds in the final game to get the rebounding title, and he went out and did it, and he did it. Yeah, and, it's- and there was one with points. I forget who that was between. You know, and Bill is like Bill has written about this throughout his whole career like the book of basketball has those kind of things sprinkled all the way throughout it of like this incredible performance these dudes had on the last game of the season to clinch whatever thing it is oh by the way have you ever heard the word clinch more in your life this week (laughs) Uh, i don't think i have i hadn't thought about it so i cannot escape the word clinch it's just all over the place um Oh, can I tell you the Michael Cage stat? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's please. Really funny. So it was 1988. He was a member of the Clippers, and he was leading the league in rebounding with 13 per game, and he was in, in a personal duel with Charles Oakley, who was playing with the Chicago Bulls at the time. He needed to get 28 rebounds in the final game Whoa. to beat out Oakley, and he grabbed 30. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I hope that I see him tonight and can ask him about his 30-rebound game to beat Charles Oakley. Did you know that his nickname was Windex Man? <laughs> No. Because he cleaned the glass. That is not okay. There's nothing about that. That's okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, 
Yeah, I think the three six is better. I and my original point was not the stat padding, but it was that I don't know what the Warriors are doing right now. I don't know if they're actually just playing poorly because they struggle without Steph, which might be the case, or if they're just like these games don't matter with a two seed anyways. Just kick back, let Clay get his twenty. And, you know, let's just rest up for the playoffs. That may be the case. And they're just going to turn on and just, you know, roll through the playoffs. I mean, I, I don't know. But I look at Houston and I look at Golden State and I say, I would, at this point, in the second round, I would probably rather play Golden State, um, especially if you have, like, a hobbled Steph Curry coming back. And I, I don't I don't know. I mean, am, am I wrong for that? No, I mean, I think you could make a case for either because both of these teams are so good. Um, it's, I mean, I know that Golden State has been like the historically great team these last few years, but Houston is so good this year that it's not crazy to suggest that you would want to play Golden State. Yeah. And, you know, Houston's the team, the unproven team, though. And that's where it's, I, I could, you, like you said, you could make the case for either team. They're unproven. Man, they take the worst shots. And they just make them. And they that's, do. And that's like how they win. And to me, like, can you do that? Like, can you do that throughout the entire playoffs? Like, you can do it through the regular season. You're playing a ton of bad to mediocre teams. That's what this, I mean, this league is full of bad to mediocre teams. Um, and there's just a ton of mediocre teams in general because there's, I think there's 18 teams over 500, something like that. That's absolutely insane. But I I don't know. Like I just don't. I don't know. I don't know if you want to play them or not. But I could see those bad shots just not going in for three games in a series. And all of a sudden you're at game seven, and then who knows what happens? You know. Yeah, I, I was just looking at the scenarios. I'm kind of bummed out. There's no scenario where the Rockets would play the Spurs and the Warriors would play the Wolves. Because I feel like those yeah. are the strongest teams of the like new orleans and denver those mm-hmm. four teams well you said the warriors play the wolves uh no there is one where the warriors play the wolves but then there's not one where uh houston then plays spurs oh okay where both of those things happen there's a flipped one so maybe that's the one i should be rooting for where yeah. the spurs play the warriors and minnesota plays houston who you got tonight, Denver, Minnesota? Uh, personally, I would like to see Denver win because I do not like Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. <laughs> I have a long-standing beef with him. <laughs> and I think it'd be uh, really funny if he did not make the playoffs, even though I like a lot of the guys on the Timberwolves. Um, but, I mean, Minnesota should win. At home. I mean, At that, home. There's, Jimmy there's Butler, advantage. second game back. Yeah. Denver has been on a really incredible winning streak, yeah. but it's not like they've been blowing teams out. All of these games have been super close. It'd be I, an incredible thing for them to win seven in a row to get in the playoffs. I mean, it would be, and it'd be an incredible thing for Minnesota to miss the playoffs. It would be crazy. What a, even with Jimmy out, like that's a big time failure for them. I mean, they, they seemed like they were locked into the fourth seed for like so much of the season. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And now, like, all these teams are so bunched up. Uh, so you think Utah will win tonight against Portland? 
After watching Utah last night, yes. Utah looks <laughs> ridiculous right now. And Portland's lost four in a row. They have, yeah. They're not looking so good going into the playoffs. I still would be scared to play them just because CJ has just lit up the thunder every time that they play. And you still have, like, Damian Lillard still has a chance to essentially be the best player uh, in the series. I don't think he would be, but he could be. Uh, and I don't think that you can say that about anybody for Utah. That, that I mean, maybe Donovan Mitchell could, but he's a, I, I just keep coming back to, like, he's a rookie. And I, I just don't, I don't know if he can continue to do this come postseason. And they don't, yeah, and- they don't have a ton of experience. And, like, I, I still think that that's the more favorable matchup, even though they've been playing so much better than Portland. Right. Yeah, I, and I think the the main thing with Utah is there's only one of those guys, which is Donovan Mitchell. Right. And so do you think that they'll put Paul George on him most of the game? Uh, I I do, uh, but I, I don't know. I think that's the best matchup for them is to put him there. And like, I, I don't know if Russell can sustain playing like he did against James Harden the other night for any length right. of time, but size-wise and speed wise i think that russell is also a pretty good matchup for him um so i don't know and i need to look and see what rubio shooting from three but if rubio it'll be interesting to see how they handle him um for the for the playoff series well he's, i can he's tell 30, you 35 percent from three so he's not he's not as like abysmal a shooter as you'd think but he's still probably a guy you can cheat off of and allow the thunder to play in transition a lot and it's also his first playoffs as well isn't that crazy pretty ricky mckelly mentioned this wouldn't it be hilarious if ricky rubio made the playoffs and minnesota didn't (laughs) yes it would shout out to david Kahn. yeah for real uh let's talk about the press real quick and then we can do this week in thunder history and then um we'll break down the the matchup and and more because i think that we can say that they're going to play utah uh unless the thunder just completely just pee the bed tonight i don't know but uh (laughs) let's talk about the press you can go to the press they're located near downtown oklahoma city in the plaza district it's southwestern comfort food i went the other night and i had the press cob salad I'll tell you, it's so good. And I also, my it was for my mom's birthday, and uh, my grandma got the meatloaf. My grandma shared some of the meatloaf with me. You got to get the meatloaf. And it comes with mac and cheese <laughs> and green beans, and it's unbelievable. Uh, somebody sent me a picture. They recently went and got, what did they get? The mashed potato bowl. It's got uh, mashed potatoes, corn, cheddar, fried chicken strips, and country gravy. And she said it was unbelievable. So you got to go check out the press. It's just just great food. They also have a good drink selection. They've got a ton of local beer. Uh, they also have good cocktails. Uh, it's a great place to take a big group. It's a great place to go sit at the bar and watch the Thunder game. Go to a playoff. Go watch a playoff game at the press. It's just just a wonderful place to be. So go check out the press today and support the people that support down to dunk. All right, Alex. This week in Thunder history. All right, I have uh, I've gifted you this week. You're getting two this week in Thunder Ooh, Histories. Yes. 
two for the price of one. Uh, the first one is a relatively short one. It's just uh, one that I thought was really funny. Uh, this is from April 13th, 2011. So this was the Thunder's second trip to the playoffs by Darnell Mayberry. Do you remember who we played in the first round? 2011. Lakers? That was 2010. 2011, oh. we played the Nuggets. Oh, Nugs. Yeah, I, I The title don't. of this is uh, Nuggets Call Out the Thunder. Oh, in the final days before 2011 NBA postseason begins, a potential Thunder Nuggets series in the opening round continues to heat up. Now listen to this. Denver Reserve point guard Raymond Felton told the Denver <laughs> Post on Monday that he wants to face the Thunder in the first round. That would be the 4-5 matchup in the Western Conference's first round if their current standings hold. Felton said, hopefully we get Oklahoma City because I feel like we owe them. Everybody else is pretty much whatever, whoever, we'll be ready to go. But I want them, though. They yes. were doing a little bit of trash talking, so I want them. <laughs> and then George Carl was quoted as saying, there's no question there's a cockiness to Oklahoma City. They were anxious to see if that's what we've got to go through. Uh, I did not remember that that was particularly heated. <laughs> I do remember that playoff series, uh, but I just thought it was funny that it was Raymond Felton. Wasn't was wasn't Aaron Afalo out to start that series, and everyone was like, "Just wait till Aaron Afalo comes back. Just just wait because he's going to come back and kill the Thunder." <laughs> I also remember a, a game that came down to like the very end with something involving like a tip with Kenneth Fareed. I don't remember the details, but I remember that series at the end of it didn't look very close. But there were a few games that could have gone either way. This is an interesting. That's an interesting Nuggets team: Mello, Chauncey Billups. Gallo, uh, Nene, Aflalo, Wilson Chandler, J.R. Smith, Ty Lawson when he was Jeez. good, Ray Felton, Al Harrington, Kenyon Martin, Birdman was on this team, Costa Kufis was on that team, Ronaldo Balkman, uh, Timothy Mozgov was on that team. Uh, the team sounds like it was stacked. <laughs> it does. It sounds incredible. <laughs> Gary Forbes? No, it was, that's, a, that's an interesting team. They always played the Thunder pretty tight too i remember chauncey billups hitting some big time shots um against okc um so the second one i was trying to go back and seeing see if there was ever a like final game of the season that really meant something for the thunder seeding and what happened Mm -hmm. Uh, specifically i was trying to see if they ever played like a really bad team and what happened you know as as a way to kind of maybe predict uh, see if we could find an omen for tonight's game. Uh, this, <laughs> the title of this one's called "Shocking Outcome." Oh, uh, this was April fifteenth, two thousand fourteen. Says here, this is by I think this is also by Darnell Mayberry. The Thunder still had something to play for, but for whatever reason, Oklahoma City never played like it Monday night in New Orleans. The end result was a shocking one. A 101 to 89 defeat to the depleted Pelicans inside the Smoothie King Arena. Now, this was a game where OKC could have clinched the two seed if they had won this game. They actually did end up clinching the two seed because some other teams lost and stuff happened. But in this game, despite missing all star forward Anthony Davis, point guard Drew Holiday, shooting guard Eric Gordon, six man Ryan Anderson, and six of their top seven due to injuries, oh, the Pelicans pieced together four quality quarters that allowed them to hang with the Thunder throughout. Now, this is the part where it would have been more meaningful if this guy was playing tonight. 
Tyreek Evans stepped in as the latest perimeter player to feast on the Thunder's wildly erratic defense. He scored 32 of his career high 41 in the second half, joining Lakers guard Jody Meeks and Suns guard Gerald Green on the list of opponents who have posted 40 or more on the Thunder since the All-Star break. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, and he, uh, he also so Evans went for 41, nine and eight, uh, 12 to 16 from the line. And they lost that game, which I'm sure was awful at the time. Turn, turns out that it didn't matter, but that that was a year where the Pelicans were totally out of it. They only had like 34 wins or something at that point. And Russell no, was out. Yes, and Russell was out for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a uh, ill omen for tonight. Yeah, here's the uh, here's the roster that night for the Pelicans: Tyreek Evans, Darius Miller, who's back on the Pelicans. Oh yeah, that's the same guy. Uh, Jeff Withy. And Alexis Azinka started together on, <laughs> <laughs> and then Austin Rivers was still on the Pelicans. Then Anthony Morrow was on that team. Luke Babbitt, Al Farouk Aminu came off the bench and played 20 minutes and scored two points. Uh, and some guy named James Sutherland played James Sutherland. seven minutes. But uh, yeah, that's super crazy. Hopefully something like that doesn't happen tonight with Marshawn Brooks being the guy that scores 41 points. Do you think uh, Taylor is secretly hoping that we lose and that Marshawn scores 50? He is openly hoping that that <laughs> happens, clearly. Uh, he's, he's very invested in Marshawn's career. He is. Yeah, he's, he's got a... I, I cannot believe they gave him a two-year contract. What, like, why? Why are you doing that? <laughs> it's been out of the NBA for a long time. Okay, so most likely scenario... And, we could be wasting our time because the Thunder could wet the bed tonight, but the Thunder are likely going to play the Utah Jazz either as the four seed or as the six seed. So let's uh, let's break down the matchup. Alex, I think you have some stats for me. I do. So I think this matchup is interesting for a bunch of reasons, one of which is that I don't really think you can look at any of their previous games as a barometer of what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, all of their games were completed all four of them by like the middle of December. And so Andre Robertson played in all of those games. Rodney hood played in two of those games. Joe Johnson played in three of those games and Gobert didn't play in two of those games because he was one of his injuries overlapped. Um, so it's hard to take a ton. We were the OKC was three and one against them this season. Um, but also like you think about Donovan Mitchell's rise, his rise really came after the new year. Yeah. And so they really didn't, have to play him at his peak yet um utah is 29 and 5 in their last 34 (laughs) games (laughs) which is absurd uh and i also think there's something interesting just with the fan bases and i don't know if this is just cities where like the nba team is the dominant one Mm -hmm. where they just like develop these fan bases that are just they're just different like i feel like OKC, Portland, Utah, Toronto, like they just have these fan bases that have developed a reputation. Yeah. Like I was I was on uh, some of the I was on like SLC Dunk last night and some of these other jazz blogs. They are very confident about playing the Thunder. Uh, They are very excited. Um, Saw a few few predictions of a sweep on their end. Wow. I just want people to know that uh, jazz fans are not scared of the Thunder at all. Wow. (laughs) 
which I also feel like we on the other side, the Thunder, like we're kind of just like writing off the Jazz because it's like, eh, yeah, they've been really good, but they're a really young team, you know. Um, okay, so I have five key key stats for this matchup. I'm going to go through them. All of these stats. So I'm going to tell you like where they rank in the league. All of these stats I took from January 28th so that they're a little bit more relevant. So that was the game the day after Robertson got injured. Okay. And by that, by that time, the jazz were pretty much fully formed. Gobert had been back. They were already on their winning streak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want you to tell me which of these stats you think will be like most important. So the first one is offensive rebounds for the thunder. Why is this important? Well, Utah grabs 81.3% of defensive rebounds, which has been first in the league. Meanwhile, OKC is first in offensive rebound percentage, grabbing 27.1% of all offensive rebounds. And then Utah ranks first in opponent points, second chance points. So they allow the fewest amount of second chance points in the league. So that's like the biggest strength versus strength matchup, yeah. I feel, mm-hmm. of the this this whole entire matchup. Um, and I, I th- you got to feel good about the thunder with the rebounding just because they are number one. It's not like Utah has faced a team with a offensive rebounder like Steven Adams. Right. Like- and Adams um, physicality has bothered Gobert in the past. It just, it just has. And I, I know Gobert is a different player it, it, certainly during this stretch. And so it may not matter as much as it has in the past, but his physicality is is going to matter in this series in the way that he plays against Gobert, and I think that he is an irritant to him, and hopefully he can throw him off his game a little bit just because he's going to just get in his business. So, and speaking of Gobert, um, and this is kind of relevant to the offensive rebounds. There was a really good article on the Ringer by Danny Chow about Gobert, mm-hmm. and he was talking about what good teams specifically the Rockets and Warriors have done in the past to try to limit Gobert's effectiveness on the defensive end. And it's all things you would think of, you know, they try to pull him away from the basket, get him involved in pick and rolls where he has to switch onto a smaller guard. I had totally forgotten that play from last year's playoffs with the Warriors and the jazz where he got out on Curry and literally spun in two circles. Oh yeah. Like trying to guard Curry Mm -hmm. and then Curry just blew by him. Um, and he, Danny Chow was talking about how it really works when you have five out lineups where you, you play small and the jazz don't really have a great way to match up with it, mm-hmm. which obviously doesn't seem like it would be a strength for OKC because they have Adams. It's like, how can you not play Adams? But I just wonder if there will be any moments where they do play small with Grant at the five or whatever, when Gobert is still out there and see if they can get him in some of those bad matchups well they did it with capella i mean they're they're going to do it like i don't know if it will work or not but they're going to do it um and see if they can get an advantage that way i just uh, i would be shocked if they didn't just because just because of the way that jeremy's been playing lately i think they're going to give it a look and see and see what it can do and try to be more more switchy and they're gonna they just have to be defensively like they just have to be really sharp because this team moves the ball so well and they have so many good three-point shooters. Um, you know, they've, they've got a ton of guys like Joe Ingles. Like that, that's, I thought, you know, Paul George probably plays Donovan Mitchell, but 
Joe Ingles makes me think twice. I think they may put him on Joe and just try to limit him because uh, I think Paul could do that. Paul could probably limit what Joe Ingles does on that end, and they may give Russell or Corey or somebody Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Um, okay, next stat, defensive rebounds. So Utah ranks ninth in offensive rebound percentage. Mm-hmm. They get 23%. Defensive rebound percentage for OKC, they rank 20th. And not only that, they are they rank 25th in how many second chance points they give up. Hmm. So basically, this is one of those ones that makes you think like this could be bad for OKC. Like they have to do better job at defensive rebounding because obviously Utah, even though they're not number one like OKC, they're still a really good offensive rebounding team. And you can't give up second chance points to this this offense. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Next one. Now, this one made me feel the best turnovers did you know that utah ranks 29th in the league in turnover percentage they turn the ball over on 15.4 percent of their possessions Hmm. that is only better than memphis huh that's interesting and i and it's like if you probably and i don't have the stat in front of me but i would guess that they're probably top three or top five at passes per game uh and they use a ton of the shot clock typically Right, And that's probably the reason for it is that when you're hunting the best shot, you're throwing more passes and you know, that's that plays that really does play into the Thunder's hands because the more passes are thrown, the more passing lanes this team is going to play. And it could either play into the hands of the Thunder where they're getting into those passing lanes and disrupting everything or they're cheating too much and they're leaving guys wide open. Um, so I think there's going to be a give and take there with the Thunder and they're going to have to be more disciplined than they want to be. But like I said, if you can get Paul George, you know, where he's not guarding the primary ball handler and let him play the passing lanes, let him play against Joe Ingles and put the passing lanes a little bit. I think that the thunder could benefit from that tremendously. And we kind of know this about the thunder, but since the 28th of January, they've ranked fifth in the league in steals. And they are also first in opponent turnover percentage. Hmm. So basically, they they generate a lot of turnovers. Utah causes or has a lot of turnovers just as a team. Mm-hmm. So I do think that's going to be a major point of emphasis. But then you think, well, okay, if they're getting a lot of turnovers, then they must be scoring a lot of fast break points. So that comes to my next stat, fast break points. So OKC is fifth in the league in the percentage of their points that they score off of turnovers. They are fourth in the league in fast break points in general. But Utah is second in the league in opponent points on the fast break, meaning that they just don't allow a lot of points on the fast break. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that could have to do with their pace because they play a slower pace. There's less opportunities for fast breaks. Yeah. Um, But it is something, you know, Utah is not one of these teams that I just thought it was strange that they have a lot of turnovers, but they don't necessarily give up a lot of fast break points. Yeah, that is interesting. They're just, I mean, they're just such a sound team period. Um, but yeah, that <clears throat> it doesn't exactly surprise me because they've got at like Ricky Rubio is a phenomenal defender. Donovan Mitchell is really good too. And they've got guys out there that hustle Jay Crowder, Royce O'Neal, uh, players like that. You know, it's not incredibly surprising, but still that's, that's an impressive stat. And then this is the one, this is the final stat 
and I, I sort of think this might be the most important one, which terrifies me, and it is free throws. So I didn't realize this, but since January 28th, OKC is first in the league in free throw attempts. They are third in the league in the percentage of their points that come from free throws. And they're also first in the league in opponent personal fouls, meaning they just draw a lot of fouls. Mm -hmm. So obviously that's a huge part of their game, which makes sense when you think about, you know, all the turnovers they're causing too. a lot of opportunities to get fouled there in the fast break. But they have to make the free throws. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrifying. Like you look at these stats and you're like, wow, free throws are such a huge weapon for this team. Yeah. Like that's great that they're getting all these fouls. Well, and they're shooting, you know, 71% or whatever. Well, why did they blow out the Miami Heat the other night? They shot 81% from the line. Right. Yeah. Like they, they made their free throws. They made 31 free throws against the Heat. And like that's been the, a huge difference. Like that game, they played great in the fourth quarter. But if they, you know, shot 70, you know, 60 some odd percent from the line, like that's still a close game. And that's been kind of the story of this season. And maybe they're getting it together. I don't know. Like, can you call like a two game stretch getting it together? I don't know. I don't know if you can say that, but you know, if they can do something similar tonight and it wouldn't surprise me if this was a team that just had, that could flip a switch and they've been talking about that all season. And it's funny they asked Paul George and Mello the other day, like, is there a switch that you flip and you're just a better team and you're more you know, focused? And Paul said, no, you have to be on all the time. And Mello said, oh, for sure. Yeah, there's a switch. We're going <laughs> to. <laughs> and so, but it kind of does feel like they've done that over the past two games. And it's not only been like the player's effort and energy. It's been Donovan and the way that he has coached this team over the past two games and his rotations and the way that he's handled everything and the way he's handled the fourth quarters. And I feel like he's done a tremendous job. And I feel like, you know, had he coached like that all season, I think this team wins 50 games, no problem. Uh, But he loves to tinker with lineups and give young guys a chance and give really give everybody a chance basically. Uh, And so I just, it's, it's interesting because I think he's had to show his hand over the last couple games uh, just because he had no choice, um, but yeah, it'll it, it's interesting because I do think that there is another gear that this team has, and they're starting to show it a little bit. And I still think that they have another level they can go to. Uh, just be, just because I feel like Billy can be better and he can be sharp, and he's going to play less players, and they're going to give more minutes to the right guys and and things like that. So I think um, it'll be. It'll be super interesting to see how how Billy handles playoff rotations and handles the Jazz in, in that capacity. And you have to hope that Utah doesn't have a switch to flip. <laughs> like I just don't know better? what it would be. That like, I, I like, think I think it would be Exum. Yeah, if, but yeah. I mean, because he's really starting to like round into form, and if he made some like playoff jump, I think that's the only like surprising place it could come from. It's just so tough to be your first time to ever play in the playoffs and for it to be you flip a switch because you don't even know what it's like to to play in the postseason. Right. You know, Exum, Donovan Mitchell, those dudes have never played in the postseason. And so, well, actually, Exum did play last season in the postseason for, for the Jazz. I take that back. But 
still, I just, I don't know. Like that's like, you can see it more for a guy like Carmelo Anthony who all season has not been great. Uh, but he started to turn it on lately and you can see it for Paul George. Certainly like go look at his playoff numbers, uh, you know, and Russell as well. Like Russell has, he was a different player in, in Houston. He has not been that guy all season. I have not seen that defense one time this season. And so like those dudes have a different level they can go to Adams. Even I just feel like those guys all have, they've had enough experience and can go to another level um, if they need to. And I, obviously they need to uh, in order to, to beat this jazz team. It's just so funny. Like you, like we have a team now that we can look at all seasons. Been like, well, who would you rather play? Would you rather play this team or that team? Like Utah, Utah's kind of scary. Like they're, they're a good team. They've played really, really well lately. Uh, but you just look at playoff history and it's, like star power is what matters the most come playoff time and who's going to take your last shot and who's going to take you home down the stretch. And the question is, is Donovan Mitchell ready for that? And maybe he is. I mean, maybe Donovan Mitchell is And this. This series goes to seven. It's a three, six matchup. It's in Utah and Utah wins because Donovan Mitchell averages 40 points a game. I mean that, I guess that's a possibility. Um, but I think that it's, there's a higher possibility that Paul George and Westbrook are the two best players in this series. And, you know, Mitchell, I still think he'll be good, but I just don't, I don't know what, what this moment looks like for him. Because, uh, you know, the, the playoffs, you know, James Harden throughout the years has shrunk some in the playoffs a little bit. And you just wonder, like the playoffs are just different. It's just different basketball. The regular season is one thing to rip off a ton of wins in the regular season. That's great. Uh, but it's playoff basketball is a whole different game. And, you know, you have a the OKC group that's very experienced. Uh, so it'll, it'll just be, it's, it's an interesting matchup from that perspective that we really don't know what to expect from Utah, uh, this particular Utah team. Um, one side story. Who, who do you think the, majority of experts will pick there's going to be a ton of utah picks i will tell you that um i think a majority will pick okc though really okay because i feel like all the podcast guys are going to pick utah oh man the, the there's going to be some utah love the, this team is a media darling team like there's so many dudes that just love this Utah Jazz and they just play the right way. They play great defense. You know, they love Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell is amazing. But I think that you can easily forget that you have Russell Westbrook, who's, you know, gone to the Western Conference Finals a ton of times. You have Paul George, who's been to the East Finals, I think twice, and has, you know, he played incredibly last season in the playoffs and did no one expected him to do what he did for the Pacers last year. Mello, who hasn't been in the playoffs in a long time, but has played well in the playoffs. And Steven Adams, you know, Steven Adams that in 2016 took it to another level. And everybody's, you know, eyebrows raised a little bit when they were watching Steven Adams. Like, oh, like what, who is this dude? And how is he doing this? And, you know, they're going to need Adams to go to that next level um, against Gobert uh, for sure. And so, uh, I, I like OKC against Utah, and I've I've thought that for a few weeks, even even with the results that Utah is getting right now. 
Uh, I still like OKC's chances against Utah because of the lack of experience on their end and just the the sheer star power that OKC possesses is just obviously a lot more than what Utah has. How do you feel specifically about the mellow matchup with the Jazz? They do start like a traditional four with Derek Favors. Yeah, I think it's incredibly interesting. If Melo can hit his threes, uh, then it's it's a huge advantage for OKC. I mean, if he can hit 37, 38% of his threes in the series, uh, and you have to pull Favors out like that, and you really you take Favors out of the game, like you can't play him like that. Um, and they don't, I mean, like, I guess they put Jay Crowder on him then. Yeah. And, you know, that's your, your counter. Uh, but at that point, Melo is probably super happy that he gets to you know, play against Jay Crowder, who he shot 31% as a member of the Jazz. Like, he hasn't killed it from the three-point line. You know, that's a favorable defensive matchup for him, whereas Favors really isn't. Like, Favors is is big and he's strong. And, you know, if, if Melo can't hit his threes and Favors is able to post Melo up, like, there's, I mean, I could see it going either way. And that could be the thing that swings those rebound matchups. Right. Yeah, if you if you have to play Jay Crowder, who is, um, you know, probably it's just a better matchup overall for Mello. Uh, it, it's just it's it's highly interesting to see to see what they're going to be able to do, um, and who, I guess they have Jay defend Paul George or who who like who defends Paul George in this matchup because you probably don't want Joe Ingles defending him. That's but you probably have to. Well, I mean, I guess you, that's when you would bring Jay Crowder. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, just a highly interesting matchup. And then I guess Donovan or Rubio defends Russell. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting matchup. It really is like on paper, you know, if you didn't know anything about these two teams, it would, you, I think everybody would pick OKC. Um, but the cohesion and, you know, the way that this Utah team has played, you know, Quinn Snyder's an outstanding coach and is, you know, deserving of coach of the year votes for sure. Um, but, you know, Donovan showed whenever he has a group that has a ton of talent that he can bring more out of them when he needs to in the playoffs. And he did that, you know, in 2016 last year, the Thunder didn't have as much to work with. You know, Robertson was their second best player in the series. And, you know, obviously you'd feel a heck of a lot better if you had Robertson uh, today. Um, but it's going to it's gonna be, are the stars going to show up? Are Russ and Paul George going to hit a good amount of their shots? And if those dudes are shooting at their career average or above, I think OKC easily wins. But if they're, if like this strange slump like happens in the playoffs, like I, Thunder could easily lose in the first round. Like it's not... This is not a slam dunk. The West is stacked. I don't think that there is like a slam dunk pick in the first round for any of these teams. Like I would be, besides Houston, I'd be surprised if there was a sweep. Um, Right. Yeah. Houston's the only one where it seems, regardless of who they play, I I feel pretty confident in Houston. Yeah. But I mean, they play Denver. Like Denver's good. Like that's a good team. Uh, if they end up, I mean, the Pelicans, I mean, I don't know. The Pelicans are scared. Like they got Anthony Davis, you know, like there's not a, there's not a cakewalk team 
And I think that if there, if you were to choose one, it would be San Antonio and the Pelicans. Um, but like San Antonio, they just play good basketball. They're a lot like this jazz team. Like they play great defense. They play good basketball. They move the ball really well and they have guys that can get hot. And that's the same thing with Utah. And then you look at, uh, the Pelicans like Nikola Mirotic has been incredible for them lately. Anthony Davis has been great. Uh, Drew Holiday, Rondo, Rashawn Rondo, like they've been good. Like that's that's been a a good team, obviously, to get to where they are. Um, but they'd still probably be the easiest matchup. But I mean, do you sweep that team? I don't know. I think they they could they could get a game, maybe two. Uh, especially with that Mbamute, I think that's that's going to be a big deal. I don't think that Houston's going to like not get out of the first round or even the second round because of it. Um, but they're going to struggle more. They're going to struggle a little bit because their their defense is like four or five points better with Mbamute on the court. Yeah, um, and that matters. Like when it comes down to it, those those points matter, and so. Uh, okay. Anything else on the, on the Utah jazz matchup? How are you, how are you feeling? If, if this is how it plays out, I think the most likely scenario in my head right now is that Utah wins tonight against Portland. OKC wins, uh, against Memphis and it's the three, six matchup with the, I mean, assuming golden state makes it past the first round, which I think is a, a safe thing to assume you get golden state in round two. What are your, what's your what's your thought heading into the playoffs with that looming like a prediction yeah or a prediction or a feeling whatever you want to give me is fine Ooh, i'm always so scared to be confident about this team <laughs> uh my heart is telling me uh to pick okc in five. Oh, woo I know, I know <laughs> but it, but, then, but then my brain's like alex why are you doing that what, what are you an idiot <laughs> Why, you, why, why would you do that? It's so stupid. Um, but you know what? I'm going to stick with it. Yes. Why not? Yes. Why not? A pessimist can be optimistic every once in a while. Wow. This is good. I like this. Um, I, I just think if they can grab, if they can, uh, we're assuming that they're going to be the away team. If they can grab one of those first two games, yeah, um, it puts a lot of pressure on the Jazz. And I think that they're hopefully going to play really well at home. And so I, th- I think that it, they could get into a scenario where it's three one going back to Utah. Yeah, yeah, that that could be the case. And the home court advantage for OKC is pretty big in the playoffs. And I think that players like Mello are going to play better at home, and Adams as well. I think Russ and Paul will play about the same. Um, and then maybe you can get a role player or two. Hopefully, uh, Alex Abrinas can come back to start the playoffs with his concussion. Um, he's not playing tonight, which I don't think matters all that much, but you know, they, they need him. Cause I don't think, I don't think you want Ferguson, although Ferguson played some really good minutes against Miami. Like I'm not him playing instead of a Brinus is not ideal, but it's not the worst thing in the world. And I really thought it would be, but he's played well enough. And he is confident enough that I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if he gave OKC good minutes if they had to play him in like the first two games of round one. It's so insane that I just pick them in five, and that which means Utah has to lose like four games in a couple of weeks, and they've lost five games, 
in their last like 33 or whatever hey it's the playoffs are a different animal they just are and you're playing the same team and you get billy's been really good at game to game adjustments in his nba career and so it it wouldn't that wouldn't shock me it really wouldn't um i would i'm picking okc in six if they play utah showered (laughs) (laughs) i think that they they win one game and then and then get their win their home games win one game on the road and then win their home games uh it'll be it's an interesting series it's a really interesting matchup and you know five would not surprise me um but i feel like the the safe pick is six uh and then you know who knows like what does steph steph curry may come back in the first round i mean that's they they say he's not uh but no one knows like no one has that information but the warriors like what good does it do the warriors to say that he's you know coming back in round one right if there's a chance that he doesn't but there's also a chance that he does and i just hope they get challenged yeah yeah i hope i i really hope that they play the timberwolves in that first round because i do think towns would give them a ton of trouble and obviously obviously jimmy butler is i don't think that the timberwolves would win but i think they could push them to six or seven like that would not surprise me especially with the way they've been playing lately and maybe they can turn it on and they're fine and they win in five and that's obviously a possibility too Uh, but curry is so important to what they do he makes he makes them the warriors you know that that team is that team doesn't play like the warriors they play just as much iso ball you know when they won against okc as you know the thunder or the rockets or anybody does like that's that was not the quote-unquote warriors you know it's it's curry that makes them that way and so it'll it'll be interesting to see how they play come playoff time and i know i mean durant will show up durant will be dominant and they're going to need good performances really from draymond like if they can have a a good you know really good draymond green like they'll have no trouble but he has not been that great this season he has not been the guy that everybody even talks about him now being and so that will be really really interesting because he he's also what makes them the warriors is that he can defend multiple positions he's a really good passer Uh, he hasn't hit his three-point shots this year and can can he stretch the floor enough can he do the things that he does enough like all the things in the margins like can he do that and if he can then i don't think they have any trouble in the first round but if he's even a step slower than he was you know last year's playoffs i think that the warriors will be in trouble um but i would certainly not predict that they would be i would predict that they cruise to to round two and you know get a get curry back and he obviously won't be a hundred percent and wouldn't have played very much and you know if you're the thunder and you can roll through round one and in five games and you have you have to be feeling pretty good the way that the thunder have played golden state this year they have played them you know they've blown them out Uh, they got blown out once and they played a close game with this current squad and the Thunder didn't play well in that game, but they were still able to keep it close. Like you have to feel pretty good heading into that. I wouldn't predict the Thunder to win, um, but you predict like a six or seven game series at least with that team. And so it's it's it'll be. I think it'll be really. I don't know. I feel pretty good about the Thunder going into the playoffs. Like a again, their range of options or their range of outcomes 
are massive. Like they could easily go out in round one or I could, I would not be shocked to see them make the West finals. I just wouldn't. Some people may think that's crazy, but I don't, I don't think that it's that crazy to suggest that they could make it. The, it's all kind of lining up for them, especially if Utah wins tonight and OKC wins tonight. It's lining up for them to meet Houston in the West Finals. And like, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Well, now my five-game prediction doesn't seem as uh, ludicrous. So thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> now, that you, now that you're talking about them in the uh, West Conference. It's, it's possible. Well, it's, of course, it's possible. It's possible. If, if, that, if that Warriors team can't get right, and, and don't underestimate that squad going going to the finals for how many years they have been it, it's oh, a, I know. like historically it's a tough thing and also historically there's never been a team like this but they're struggling right now and if the thunder can you know just catch them at the right time and the thunder can they've been playing really well if they can continue playing like this and be able to play in particular fourth quarters like the last two fourth quarters for this team have it's been shocking because they haven't played like that in the fourth quarter, you know, anytime during the season. And some of it could be rotation. Some of it could be that they're gearing up for the playoffs. I don't know. Or it could just be dumb luck. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but if they can play like that in fourth quarters come playoff time, you're talking about a team that can compete with anybody. And they show that against Houston, that they'll be able to compete. And, I don't know. I, I have a, a, a belief in this team that will never go away and I might look like a big <laughs> dumb idiot and you know, I've looked like that before and that's okay. I'm, I'm fine being that guy, but I have some irrational confidence when it comes to, you know, what Russell Westbrook can do in the playoffs. Cause he's been tremendous and you know, we've Paul George has been tremendous in the playoffs too. And I, I don't know, you have those two and you have a Steve, like a, a steady Steven Adams and, an X factor in Carmelo Anthony. Like, I don't know. Like they could do, they could do great things or I don't know. Who knows? Who knows, man? It could, it could be fun. Hey, Andrew, I want you to make one last prediction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Westbrook is inevitably going to get asked about uh, Donovan Mitchell's rookie of the year candidacy. Mm-hmm. Which, which, uh, which tack do you think he should take? Should he, should he say something about Ben Simmons, about how he would vote for Ben Simmons or should he just be complimentary to Donovan Mitchell, he's what he'll do is he'll he'll compliment both and just ride the fence and not and not say anything. Yeah, it's weird because Russell will like poke and prod at a bunch of other things, but then when he gets asked like those questions, he typically is pretty boring. Oh yeah, he here's like Russell's just the worst man. <laughs> <laughs> he's just the absolute worst when it comes to like getting a good quote, unless it's something about him, like. Like I've gotten w- one good answer out of him this season, and that's when he uh, dunked on Thon Maker uh, against the Bucks. And you know he's otherwise. You're, Didn't you ask about the uh, him being the, like the last pick in the All Star game or something? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, that was a good answer. That was a good one. That was a good one. Mostly because Melo was in the background yelling about it. <laughs> right. That was pretty good. Uh, but for the most part, Russell's the absolute worst. Like he just he gives you nothing and he probably takes pride in the fact that he gives people nothing. <laughs> um, all right. We're only four days away, four days away. Next time that Alex and I talk, we'll be talking about, uh, playoff games that have actually happened. There have been two games. Whew. I think, Whew. uh, 
during the playoffs, I'm going to do, I don't know if I'll do them post game or like the day after game. Uh, certainly if I'm at a game, I will do a post game, uh, chat. Doing a car pod? No, no, no car pod, but I'll do a video chat with people that want to join. And so look, go to my Twitter feed, Andrew K. Schlecht, and just look for a link. I'm either going to do it on Periscope or through YouTube. I kind of like the idea of YouTube because I can save it and easily give it back out to everybody that didn't watch it that would want to watch it. Um, and I'll, we'll just hang out for 30, 45 minutes and you guys can throw me your questions and things like that. So I may try that tonight if I'm able to attend the Memphis game. I may try it tonight after the game and you guys can throw me your questions and we'll just chat for a while uh, after that. So if you're somebody that just wants to wants to hang out and chat after the game, just look for that link on uh, my Twitter feed. I'll throw that out there. So if we'll be doing that throughout the playoffs. Hopefully we get to do that a lot of times. Um, but follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes please. He's a great follow. You can follow us at down to dunk continue to leave five star reviews. You guys are great. Uh, it really is an honor to be able to, to do this show and that enough of you guys listen to it, that it matters and, uh, means a lot to us. And one thing that you can do that is a free way to support us is to leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, so please do that. You can do it on your phone. Just search down to dunk in the podcast app. Or you can do it from a computer if you go to iTunes. Uh, is there search down to dunk and you can click five stars. Uh, that would be super cool of you. Uh, Thunder play the Grizzlies tonight. The Marshawn Brooks, Marshawn Brooks Grizzlies. And uh, then the playoffs start Saturday and we'll, we'll know the schedule here pretty quick. So we'll, we'll be breaking down the playoff schedule and more on Utah Friday and more on just the playoffs in general on Friday. So look for that to drop before the playoffs start kind of your playoff primer uh, with the regular down to dunk crew. So we'll do that Friday and uh, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you guys soon.